Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. with our neighbors and people that God has put in front of us in our lives. Cooking Thai food together, building relationships, providing counseling to those who are in need. Man, it's good to see all you guys. Um, I'll share something real, with you real quick. It's not in my notes, but... Um, when I, um, I, my wife and I, my family, we were missionaries in East Africa for um, nine, nine years, a decade, and um, a while back we came, and I'm a pastor here at Silverdale. Here's the story. Um, I was pastoring a church there, and um, it was growing. It's fantastic. God is fantastic. And come here um, to the States, and this is a lovely church, and, and we began, and I started a Bible study. And um, I started thinking to myself, the first night I was going to do this Bible study, the first day, and I'm thinking to myself, you guys say this kind of stuff to yourself too, I'm sure. I'm just like similar things. I'm like, there's nobody who wants to hear a thing I got to say. All right, no one's going to show up to the Bible study that I have said I'm going to do and all this stuff. And so the day comes, it was a Sunday morning, and I'm sitting there and the door is open. Nobody's there. And then about 30 seconds later, um, this man here, Rusty, and a friend of his, um, who's passed away, walked in, and uh, you bless me, man. I'm glad you're here. You can just, I don't know. And so you came, and you encouraged me, and I thought to myself, I guess somebody will listen to me. So, um, and thank you. Your friendship means a lot to me. Thank you for being here. Anyway, your name's Rusty, right? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking, man. God's so good. God's so good. Hey, uh, thank you for being here. If you're joining us online, thank you so much for being here as well. I'm going to ask you, let's get out our Bibles and let's go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We have been in the book of Hebrews. We're going through the book of Hebrews. We're going to set that aside. We'll jump back into Hebrews next week, but we're going to be in 2 Corinthians today, and it's because we have our annual Missions Impact Conference and we got missionaries, world partners from all over the world here today and some of our local partners as well doing different things. And we're just grateful. We're grateful to do this. We've got people coming from our church serving all over the world, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, many in a post-Christian world. We've been blessed to plant churches in New York, North Dakota, the Dominican, and in addition to that, as a church, we support local partners as well. We're, we're blessed to be helping to feed the hungry, house the homeless, help medical supplies for low-income families, mentoring many at-risk young adults. In fact, and I've shared this before, our church, we give over a million dollars a year away to missions. And that's a blessing. That's a, that's a, lot, of, that's a, that's a, that's a lot of money. So that's a lot of money. Now, you might very well ask the question, 
Why is missions such a big part of what we do at Silverdale Baptist Church? And there's many reasons I could give you, but I'll tell you primarily we do this because we believe every follower of Christ is to be on missions. Amen. We believe that. And the Bible teaches that. Now, here's what I would say. I think we would all agree with that statement. I think we all, I don't think anyone's going to say, no, 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 that's a bad statement we don't believe in. And we're all going to say that all Christians, every follower of Christ is to be on missions. But here is the deal. We know this. There's many Christians, many churches, who would have what I might call a casual approach to missions. It means they only think about it on occasion, occasion, and they only know about it and look at it sporadically, right? Kind of like, this is what I was thinking, kind of like my approach to broccoli, right? Like, no, I know broccoli, they tell me, broccoli is a superfood, and it's going to keep you healthy, and it's good, but I only think about it occasionally, and I only know it superficially, and, right? And so sometimes we can, we can be Christians doing the same when it comes to missions, right? I didn't know missions is great, and we're going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit there. I'm going to put the bumper sticker on my car or whatever. All Christians on mission, right? But I'll tell you what, that is a casual approach if you're not actually living your life in light of it. What we have to see, what we want to see and understand is that God passionately desires for people to know him and get saved, right? He does. If you don't know that, if you don't understand that, then you're going to take a casual approach to missions. The Bible is clear. Let me just give you a few passages real quick. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says, God desires all people to be saved. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, he wants all to come to repentance. And you go, well, that's all New Testament. We can go Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 8. God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God is passionate about this. Missions is not a casual concern for God. And so what I want us to do as a church and as a congregation is I want us to study this passage, this passage. Because I think by studying this passage, we're going to see God's passions, God's desire. And I think if we understand this passage correctly, we will not have a casual approach personally or corporately when it comes to missions. We're going to see the Apostle Paul give us five truths about the, the message, the gospel. And as we see these five truths, we're going to see that it is God's heart. God's passionate about it. I would submit to you, church, that we ought be passionate about it too. Let's get into it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. First thing, you can take notes if you so desire. First thing we're going to see is our message is a message of regeneration. Let me read this to you. 517. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, meaning if you are a Christian, he, he or she, that person, is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, that's a strong word. Take note, notice, pay attention to this. The new has come. Come on. And we're going to see right there that our message, the gospel, is a message of regeneration. 
Specifically, if you are in Christ, that is, you are born again, we are called, it is said, we are declared a new creation. You have been, my friend, regenerated, right? Paul says, when God saves you, God the Spirit indwells you, you get a new heart, you get new motivations, you, you're born again, you're a new creation, and I've said this before, and I think it's always helpful to restate it. When God saves you, you do not simply, and some people think this, but you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't simply turn a new leaf. Like it's not a better version of your old self, because I want to know, I want you to know right now, a better version of me is still a pretty bad version. Paul says at salvation, you become a new creation. And how? How did he do that? It's in, the, it's, in the, it's in the text. It's in the text in Christ. We say a lot of things here, but I'm going to tell you, we all know that's good news, right? That's good news. Now, that means a lot of different things, but I'll tell, you, I'll tell you something that it means. It means that no matter how corrupt a person might be, it means no matter how far a particular person may have fallen, God, fallen, God longs for them to be a new creation in Christ. He saves. It means, it means for us individuals specifically, even that person who may be in the back of your head, you think, you think to yourself, that individual is so far gone, I don't see a way they're ever going to bow the knee and repent and believe. Maybe you've even been faithfully praying for them. I mean, you know it. You've been faithfully praying for an individual for years, right? And things do not seem to be getting any better. In fact, you might even say, the more I pray, the worse the situation seems to be. And I would say, yes, even that person, even that person, by grace, through faith, God can save them. After all, here's what I think. After all, Christian didn't God save you? No, I think that. If God can save, if God can save me, and by the way, you all know, you know, you're, you know, you know you better than I know you. Anybody know you, but God knows you. You know, and now I look at myself. I don't know of a person who is more vile than I was pre-salvation. So, how dare you or I sit there and think that maybe perhaps someone is too far gone that the hand of God cannot save them? No, no, no. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ, he saves new creation. They can be, by his grace, regenerated. That's our message. That's our message. I mean, no, nobody is too far removed. Second truth about our message, it is a message of reconciliation oh come on this is good stuff guys this is good stuff let me just read verse 18 check it out all this is from god all what this salvation this regeneration it's all from god how did it happen keep reading check this is is so good who through christ reconciled us christians to himself, that is God, and gave, we get a gift here, in addition to salvation, gave us what? The ministry of what? Reconciliation. 
All right, so we got we to we think about this, think about this, think about this. At salvation, in Christ, through Christ, two things occur for the Christian. First thing, we get reconciled, right? We get reconciled to him, but it says at the very time through Christ, we're being reconciled to God. At the same time, he gives us something. Text says he gives us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, the ones who have been reconciled then are given the ministry and the message of reconciliation. And then it becomes our mission, our goal, our aim, our plan to tell others who do not know Jesus about Jesus in the same manner that a reconciler told us about Jesus. This is just tremendous. It's tremendous. It's the greatest work in the world because it deals with the greatest issue in the world. It's the greatest calling, the greatest privilege, the greatest responsibility that you, Christian, and I have been given the ministry of reconciliation so that we might tell others who none of them are too far gone for God to save about the message that a reconciler told us, the gospel. That's what we live for. That's what we live for. He's going to look, look, verse 19, we're going to keep going. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to re-say it again for in case we did not quite understand it. He's going to say it kind of in a different way, verse 19. That is, you know, let me explain, let me explain it. In Christ, God was, look, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses, what's that, sin, against them. And once again, you see it. So salvation and same time entrusting to us Christians the message of reconciliation. Let me see it again. Verse 18, verse 19. I'm going to tell you what. And then, you know, I'm going to tell you again. I'm going to say it a little differently. It's the same thing. Literally means he has placed in us the ministry of reconciliation. So there is not a Christian here today, or a Christian that might be watching or listening to this that does not have the ministry of reconciliation. He gave it to you, that's salvation. I was thinking about this. The amazing thing about that, this is not a secondary ministry. This is a ministry that is at God's heart. It's close to him. When, when, when I was, I was think, thinking about this. When I, was, when I was a little guy, my dad, he liked to work in the garage. He built stuff. He built furniture. He built lovely furniture. And I would go into the garage, and I'd see my father working, and I'd say to my father, can I help you? Right? My father would say, absolutely, you can help me. And then he would give me a broom and say, can you clean up that mess? And I'm like, that's, that's a secondary ministry. I wanted the primary ministry. I wanted the, the, I wanted the saw, the electric saw. I wanted the primary ministry. Of course, my father was wise. He's not going to give a, a power saw to a seven-year-old, right? But God says this, you get a primary ministry, Christian, you get a ministry that it's at the heart of God. You're given the ministry of reconciliation so that you might tell others about our great God. That's our message, all right? It's a message of regeneration. It's a message of reconciliation. We're going to keep moving. Point number three, it's a message committed to ambassadors. I understand you're probably looking for that to be an R as well. It's not. It's not all R's. It's a te- 
You can, you can do a lot of things with outlines, but you can't change the Bible, all right? That's, that's like the first class in seminary. They say, you can't, you can't make up Bible, all right? So message of commit, ambassadors, check it out, verse 20. Therefore, therefore why? Because we got it's regeneration, it's reconciliation. We Christians, us, are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, I love this word, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. If you're a Christian, God has saved you. You're an ambassador for Christ. God's making his appeal to the world through you. Christian, through you, through I. That's hope, man. That's hope for a dead and dying world. Let me tell you right now, that's hope for the people who live in your neighborhood. That's hope for the people you work with. That's hope for the people you go to school with. That's hope for the people maybe you go to the gym with. That's hope for the people maybe you go and drink coffee with. That is hope. Hope for them that you are a reconciler. You have been given the ministry of reconciliation and you are declared by God to be an ambassador for him. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go. Christian, you're an ambassador of Christ. I can say that and you might think to yourself tomorrow morning, I don't feel like an ambassador. Got some good news for you. Don't matter how you feel. Don't matter. Let me tell you something. I noticed this about the Bible. God left something out the Bible. He left my opinion out of it. And your opinion out of it. I don't feel like you. I don't feel. Well, you are. You're an ambassador. The one who has been reconciled has been given the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, you are now an ambassador. Anywhere you go, anything you do. Yeah, when you're driving in the car, too. That's all the time. A person cuts up in front of you. Don't make me mad, man. Don't make Ambassador? <laughs> Book of Hebrews says we're kingdoms of priests. We're going to get into that. Um, I'm going to tell you a story. We can, there's not a Christian here today that's not an ambassador. Sometimes we got a disposition that says someone else in the church is an ambassador and I'm not. I remember um, when I was pastoring a church in Africa, it was a poor church, man. How do I know it's poor? It was poor, man. It was poor. Some of my buddies, some of my buddies only had one pair of socks and they had holes in them. And they sitting there sewing up their socks. I'm like, why are you sewing your socks up? That's my only pair of socks. They're poor. They got a lot of money. And have a lot of food. I got this church in a Muslim context, and it's growing. It's growing. People getting saved. All this stuff is going on. Wonderful church. Just so happened there was a buddy of mine from the same mission organization that I was from, and he was um, way out in uh, kind of the bush. Wait, wait, wait. The the the. I'm sorry. This is where I started getting missed. Okay, I was gonna say Porini, which means it means just just out there. It's out there. He's out there. He's way out there, rural, the rural area. There you go. And he tells me, he goes, man, I got a lot of guys out here who need to hear the gospel, but I can't reach them all. And I thought to myself, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to ask my church to help out. I'm going to ask my church. There's a poor church. New believers in this church. People from Muslim background in this church. So one Sunday I get up and I go, man, our, our buddies out in Muhaza, man, they need some help. There's a lot of people who want to hear about Christ. They don't have the ability to tell them about Christ. They need help. And I said, guys, let's pray about helping them. I'm going to pray. What are we going to do? Next Sunday, I come to church, and this young, godly woman, she comes to talk to me, and she's like, Pastor Travis, she had an ideal. She goes, Travis, listen to me, Pastor Travis, we're going to take a mission trip to Muhezo. That's what we're going to do. We're going to bring 10 of us there. And I go, that's great. She goes, not only that, we're going to bring food, we're going to bring gifts, and we're going to distribute it to all the people in Muhezo as we walk them through stories of the Bible. I said, that's an, that's an, that's an, that's an, that's an awesome plan. I love the plan. Beautiful plan. How are we going to pay for it? We got no money. We got nothing. And she goes, Travis, let me ask the church. I go, okay, I'll let you ask the church. And she goes, let me ask the church and let me, let, let's pass the plate. I go, okay, we'll do that. And that's why I said, can you tell them everything you just told me? Because you, you say it better than I say it. So she stood in front of that church and she told them they need help in Mahaza. People won't hear the gospel. I need 10 people to volunteer. I need the rest of you to pay for it. And she goes, pass the plate. And we passed the plate. And that church, out of their poverty, gave an abundance. Gave an abundance to send a team to Muhaza. Gave an abundance to buy food for those people out in that area. Gave an abundance so that the gospel might be spread. And I'm telling you right now, the men and women in that church, many of them were new believers. Church, they understood that they were ambassadors. And they dug deep and they shared, guys, we, I don't, I don't, I don't. We, if God saved you, he has given you the ministry of reconciliation. You ain't got to sit around, right? I don't know. Ask somebody, do I have permission to tell someone about Jesus? No, God done gave you the permission. You just go and do it. Fourth thing we see, it is a message of redemption. Verse 21. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I love that verse. That's one of the most comforting verses in the Bible. He who knew no sin, that's Jesus, becomes sin. And Jesus, why would you do that? Why would you do that, Jesus? Why would you freely choose to become sin well, it tells us so that in him, you and I, Christian, might become, look, the righteousness of God. That's mind-blowing. At salvation, when God saved me because of what Christ did, I was reconciled to God, and I am now the righteousness of God. How? Through Jesus and don't miss this, what follows that, Christian? What follows that? What follows that? When he saves you, when you become the righteousness of God, what follows that? You are then given at that very moment the ministry of reconciliation to share with others. Once again, the very broken vessel that is fixed in Christ is then to be used immediately to tell others about 
Jesus. I know you talk about that all day, man, all day. It's a message of regeneration. It's a message of reconciliation. It's, it comes to, it's committed to ambassadors, and it's a message of redemption. Final thing, fifth thing I want to share with you about this message, and this is so important, so important. We're going to sit on it for a moment. It is a message that can be shared. It can. It can be shared. I know, I know it's hard. I know it can be difficult. But it can be done. I'm going to give you four ideals, four ideals, four ideals to help you share this message. First thing, this is what I would say. It starts with hospitality. It starts with hospitality, I believe, in all times, in all places, even more so today in our cultural climate. I believe evangelism most always starts with hospitality. Hospitality is opening your life, your home, whatever, to men and women who do not think like you, who do not look like you, and may not act like you. Dude, I'm, gonna go, I'm going out on a shaky bridge here. I'm going to say this. They may have a different political party than the party you have. They may have a different view on vaccination than you have. But my friend, we can still tell them about Jesus, can we not? It's all stuff going on. I'll tell you another story. I'll tell you a story. This is crazy. This is a real story, man. My hospitality. That's a context. It's a little different. I think you'll understand. Um, in, in Africa, one of the things that, not all Africa, but we were at, one of the things that you were constantly dealing with was this thing called malaria. You get malaria. And there was this one time, my wife, she's at home, and you know, she's feeling like she got malaria, and so you got to go to the clinic, and you got to get a blood test, and you got, it's weird, man. They see the parasites in your blood, and you're like, I got malaria. And you got to get some medication. She went down there to the, to, the, to, the, to the clinic. She's not feeling good. When she got to the clinic, she noticed in the clinic that there was a, a young Arab Muslim woman there. And so she started up a conversation. They began a relationship. We got her contact information. Now, the interesting thing about that young woman was her family lived not too far from where we were living at at the time. And so we would invite her and her family to our house. And they would invite us to their house. Once again, hospitality. We're just getting to know each other. We're just talking. And I'm telling, they know I'm a Christian. They know we love Jesus. But, you know, we're just kind of building this relationship. It led us into, or me, into a really interesting situation. I've told some of you about this at some time. But so this family was a, prom, predominant, a prominent family in that section of town. Like they were kind of over that whole Muslim section of town there. They were, they were, they were prominent. And that section of town, this little, little area there, and I've told you guys this before, it has a sign. It was called Taliban Corner. 
And so I would go, because we now had a relationship with them, I'd go to Taliban Corner, and they had a log, and I would sit down, and I would just hang out with the men, and I'd work on my Swahili. We're just hanging out. We're just hanging out. Tell them about Jesus as I can, but I want to know about their life. I want to know what they fear. I want to see how they speak. I want to know what they eat. I want to know what they, they, they fear, and we're just building this relationship. I'm going to share something with you that I've never shared in front of people before because some of you may have an opinion upon what I'm about to tell you. If your opinion about what I'm about to tell you is negative, no need to email me because I've already done it. I can't correct it. All right? So the patriarch there, he's over that family, that whole area. I'm sure he didn't, I don't know, have a high opinion of me. But I noticed this about him. He had this plastic bag, and in this plastic bag looked like dirt to me, but he would pull the dirt out, and he would put it in his mouth, and he'd chew it, and he'd spit, just like my granddad did, all right? I'm from Texas. A lot of my people know how to chew tobacco. And I asked him, I go, what is that? He goes, it's tobacco. I've got some cloves and some cinnamon and all this. And I'm just thinking, that's some nasty stuff, man. That's nasty. One time I had to come back to the States, I think, to speak at a conference or something. And I said to myself, I'm going to go buy him some good old long cut winter green North Carolina, Virginia, American tobacco. And I'm going to bring it up to him and I'm going to give him a little zawadi, a little gift, a little shukran. And, and so... I do that, man. I do that. No need to email me. It's done happen. And I get there, and I go up to Mze, and I go, I got a gift from you. This is from America. Now, he didn't like America. I don't care. And I give it to him. And his eyes got so big, and he was so thankful. Long cut wintergreen open up a whole new level of friendship. So we start talking. Had a great conversation. It keeps moving forward. Hospitality, hospitality. They invited my wife and I at the end of Ramadan to break fast with them. Nothing, something they'd never asked any Christian to do before. It was just hospitality. Building relationships. Long story short, by the grace of God, that man gave me permission to show the Jesus film in his section of town. By the grace of God, people got saved. I don't know, man. I went to uh, Smoothie King one day. This is free of charge. And uh, they're making my smoothie. I'm going to go wash my hands. And I'm going to wash my hands. And I noticed on the toilet was a track that said something like turn or burn. And I thought to myself, I don't know how effective that is. Some people come to faith. God does a lot of things. People knock on my door, want to tell me about Jesus. Fantastic. That's great. I'm telling you, though, Hospitality hospitality start with hospitality second real quick i'd say share your story you all got a story 
During your time of being hospitable to one another, share your story. People are drawn to stories. People are drawn to stories where they might not be drawn to, I don't know, you know, I don't know, hitting people with a Bible. Stories are good. Stories don't hurt. That's exactly right. I remember growing in my house, man. I remember, I remember people, people come knocking on the door, going to tell us about Jesus. What do we do? Don't open the door. Don't open the door, man. Third thing, share the gospel. I got to say this, you got, you got to share the gospel. Now, you can be hospitable all day long. You can share your story all day long. But if you're just being hospitable and you're just sharing your story, then you're just hanging out. At some point, you got to share the gospel. You got to. You got to. You got to. And here's what I want to do real quick. Um, there's many ways to share the gospel, right? You can leave a track in the restroom as Smoothie King. That is one way. And people do get saved that way. I'm not knocking that. <laughs> a little awkward, I thought, but it, it can happen. But we gave you these stickers coming in, and there is a method called the three circles, and it is our desire for every attender of our church to be able to use this method now you can take this sticker and you can stick it on your phone or anywhere but i want to show you a quick three minute video that will teach you how to use the three circles let's watch the video real quick has anyone showed you the three circles before have you had a three circles before has anyone ever shared the three circles with you before no no So this is the first circle. So this represents the world that's broken. All of us live in a broken world. You only have to turn on the news and see... Suffering, death. War, sickness. Rape, disease, it's everywhere, right? But you know, God didn't actually create the world to be like this, full of brokenness, eh? Here's the second circle. This circle represents God's perfect design. God's perfect design was a world without brokenness. A world full of love. Full of joy and peace yeah. and unity. But what we did was... We sin. Sin could be anything from lying to murder. Wait, so like, just like normal lying or like hard lying? And what sin did, it separated us from God's perfect design and threw us into brokenness. And so people try all kinds of different things to get out of brokenness. They might try drugs or alcohol. Or maybe chasing a career or money. Smoking. Even bullying other people at school. Oh, sleeping suicide. around. Suicide, exactly, a good example. But it doesn't actually fix the problem of brokenness. It's like a bungee cord. We just get snapped straight back into brokenness. And ultimately, if people die in that state of brokenness and separate from God, and that means that that's eternal separation from God. Do you know what this place is often called? Yes. So what God did was, he didn't want to leave us in that place. God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus was God, so yeah. he had no sin. And when he died and rose again, he actually took on all of our sin and cancelled it like he crushed it. He said if we would turn away from our sin and believe in Jesus and make Jesus and the Lord of our life, we become restored, restored back into God's original design. And you become a new creation, a new person in Christ. And will restore us back into relationship with Him. So there's only two kinds of people in this world. People that are in brokenness or God's perfect design. Where would you see yourself? Probably right there, to be honest. I'm not sure. 
If you try to clean yourself up before coming to Jesus, it's like trying to get clean before you take a shower. Oh, I see, yeah, I get that. Is there anything stopping you? We shared the three circles with 34 people. Four were already believers. 13 chose to remain in brokenness, but some were deeply impacted. And 17 wanted to leave brokenness and receive Christ. There are many powerful ways to share the gospel. And the three circles is a great place to start. Yeah, amen, amen, amen. You can take this, you can go online, you can see on your outline there, you can go online, and even our Silverdale BC and give you a link there to practice it, to learn it, to share with one another, take this with you, and I would encourage you, even this week, share this with someone. Leads me to the fourth thing that you need, we need to do that helps with salvation, with, with, with sharing the gospel, and I have the very last thing there, pray and pray more, you know what I'm saying? Prayer. We got to be a people who pray. Pray for lostness. Pray for our neighborhood. Pray for our schools. Pray for our friends. That's what we want to do. But guys, we have been saved by grace through faith. At the moment that occurred, you are given the ministry of reconciliation. You are a ambassador for Christ, and we are to be telling others about Him. So now I want to kind of circle back to where we begun. This weekend is Silverdale Mission Impact Weekend. We got missionaries from all over the world here with us today. And this is the one weekend out of the year that we set aside for our church to prayerfully and thoughtfully consider how you might go and give to missions. So I want you to take out your, your worship guide. And if you look at the very bottom, I want to look at that and I just want to go through it. I want us individually to think what we might, what God would have us do to be a part of the world mission and what we're doing here at Silverdale. If you can, if you're looking at it straight down the bottom right hand, you're going to see something that says, I commit to be on missions by. I hope you guys can all see that. And I just want to read through this and I want you to indicate what you think God might be leading you to do over the next year. If you look at the first circle, it says praying for mission initiatives and mission partners at Silverdale Baptist Church. Christian, I hope that every one of us can mark that. Say over the next year, I'm gonna faithfully commit to praying for the missionaries, the missionaries of this church, missionaries around the world. If you can do that, man, just mark that. And if you look, even below that, it's going to say engaging in missions work locally or globally this year. You, you, you can go. I mean, you're sitting there saying, you know what? This year, I want to commit to 
being on mission, going, going either locally or even being a part of one of the mission trips that we might here at, have here at Silverdale. You may not know what that looks like. It may be just prayer walking around your neighborhood. It might be partnering with your small group in order to meet a need in the community. It might be going somewhere overseas to partner with and serve with some of our missionaries. But if you're sitting and you're saying, you know what, I feel that, I want that, right? I want that. You may not know the answer. You don't know what it looks like, but you're feeling it. If you would just mark that, yeah, I'm going to pray for missionaries. But I'll tell you what, I'm also, I'm going to go, man. I may just go around the block with my friends, prayer walking. I might partner with my small group and go do some, I don't know, crazy ideal, but tell people about Jesus. And the third circle is this, continuing the conversation about next steps on being on mission. Now, this, I think, will apply to some of you. I think some of you are feeling a call to be a full-time missionary. I think some of you, God is kind of stirring in you, and you may be sitting there saying, I don't know, I don't know. I feel the stirring. I don't know what that means. I don't know next steps. I don't know anything. But if that is you, I would encourage you to mark that. And what's going to happen is it's going to get to our missions team, and they're going to get in contact with you. And they're going to help you kind of to discern your call and to kind of look at what next steps you might take and so that's a commitment to me on missions. And I hope all of us can at least mark that first circle. But now I want to continue, and I want to go to the other part of the commitment card. It says faith, commitment, offering. Here's the bottom line. All our missionaries, all our partners need financial support. And I was, I was, I was, I was in Africa about a decade, and you supported me. We got missionaries, world partners here today that we support as well. And they need our prayers, they need our presence, but they also need our financial assistance. Like I said, last year we gave over a million dollars, and that was our missions budget, and we need that yet again this year. Every week when you come and you give your tithes and offering, immediately a portion of that goes to missions. But this is the weekend we set aside in all of our campuses where we can each prayerfully and thoughtfully think about how we can make missions a part of our monthly budget, right? So we're not asking just one time to think about it. We're asking to pray about how we might give individually to missions on a monthly basis put in your budget just like you put netflix in your budget right amazon prime disney plus spotify we all putting things in our budget i'm asking that you would consider putting missions in your monthly budget too no compulsion no compulsion just what god would lay on your heart and so if you look at the faith commitment offering if you can put your name there and your phone number and you could let us know what God might be leading you to give this year. And then we take all these numbers and then we make a budget for our church and our missionaries. Maybe you're saying, you know what, I could give 10 a month. And you can look at that, 10 a month, that's $120. You would just say 10, maybe 50, maybe 100, maybe 250. Once again, 
You can do the math. Some of you can do much more than this. Some of you do. You're generous. You're very generous. Maybe you do just want to give a one-time gift. But 100% of what you give here goes directly to missions. Maybe you're saying, I don't know. I need more time. There's a QR code. You can scan it, and it'll take you to a card. You can fill that out at a later date. As you're thinking about this, praying about this, many of you have been over the last couple of weeks praying about what the Lord would have you give. I want to show you one final video. I want to let you hear from our missionaries where you can see where your giving has gone over the last year. Because you gave. 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 Because of your generosity, we were able to start a new church in the city of Miami. With your help, we were able to receive one-on-one intensive language training in a course provided by missionaries for missionaries who come to serve in Italy. Because you gave, we've seen God start four new house churches and we've seen 38 new followers of Jesus. We've been able to help our organization invest in 752 local churches across Central and Eastern Europe in leadership training and disciple making. 1,705 students heard the gospel and 268 of them made professions of faith in Jesus Christ. Because you gave, we are able to minister to people in Manderson as well as pastor a church. The church in Manderson is really growing, and this past Sunday we had 25 people. Because you gave, we were able to train over 300 tribal pastors and church leaders in the Peruvian Amazon this year. Last year, we were able to not just do mission adventure, but we were also part of a school, a three-month school, Discipleship Bible School. We read the entire Bible, have seen God's promises, have seen God's faithfulness, and, uh, and not just that, God's plan of redemption for his people. It's just mind-blowing. Because you gave. We were able to provide Christmas blessings for our rescued children in Honduras, along with our national staff, our missionaries, and the families of all of our rescued children. We did this in the form of Christmas gifts and toys and clothes and family food baskets for all the families of our rescued kids. Thank Thank you you for for joining joining us on mission. One of my favorite experiences has been connecting with people who have never heard the gospel before. We're seeing people come to church who've never come to church before. And it's just exciting to be part of this journey. And so from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for joining us on mission in the city of Miami. Thanks, Sewardale, for standing with us on mission. Thank you, Sewardale family. Praise the Lord for what God is doing. And thank you for giving. Thank you. Thank you for serving with us on mission. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. 
Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.